All right. How y'all doing? Did you come ready to receive the word of God today? I know you did. I'm ready to give it. I'm just so glad you're here. And how many believe God has something special for you today? And if you're a first time here, I just want to say welcome to you. And I know God has you here for such a time as this, amen, to receive something that the Lord has for you. And I'm Pastor Barb. I'm the lead pastor of the church here, if you don't know that. So, and uh, Pastor Paul and Pastor Jenny are executive pastors who he was up here just a little bit earlier ago. But anyway, I'm going to get on with uh, part two of our In God We Trust. And if you have not heard part one, I highly encourage you to jump online or our church app and take Take about 40 minutes of your day to really listen to that message and all these messages really tie together. So I believe it's going to bring a great encouragement to you. But my message is entitled, In God We Trust. And I don't think we've ever lived in a time more than we need to trust God right now. How many can say amen? We have to trust God like never before and not look at what we see. And so this is an important message, I believe, that God wants us to hear. And so my title today is called Under the Influence. Are you under the influence? And I'm not talking about alcohol or drugs today, so don't raise your hand. You don't have to feel bad about anything. I'm talking about being under the influence of God. Are we under God's influence? And we're living in a time in the world where we really need to decide if we are living under culture, which is the world today, the world system, uh, mainstream media, advertisements. Are we living by the culture of the world, or have we found ourselves living under under God and under the culture of the word of God because there's a big difference isn't there there's a real pull today to pull us to the culture and what the world says we should think and how we should feel and all of those things but as Christ followers we live under the kingdom of God amen we obey the laws of the land but we are not of this world we live by a kingdom authority which is the word of God that we can walk in and have the joy and the peace of God no matter what is going on in the world. So I want us to open up scripture this morning, and we're going to look at 1 Peter 5, verse 6. And I'm going to share with you some things that is on my heart this morning. And it says in 1 Peter 5, 6, humble, therefore, humble yourselves. Say, humble ourselves. There's this, what we have to do is be willing to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. What does that mean? We as Christ followers are going to have to humble ourselves under God. See, and humility is just saying I'm lowering myself, I'm coming underneath to come up underneath the power of God. As Christ followers, we are not called to humble ourselves to the world. We don't have to live to the culture. I don't have to live in fear with what the media is saying in the world today. I don't have to look at what's happening in the world and wring my hands and be full of anxious or worry or fear. Because how many know God is still in control? God sits on the throne. Amen. And as I studied scripture, what's going on in the world today is a lot. But if you look back from the founding times of when God created the earth, there has been disasters in the world before. There has been good kings and bad kings. There has been pestilences and diseases. The only thing that's different about today is we're living in it. But it's not new to God. And it's not new to the word of God. God already has the answer for this season that we're living in. 
And I know God has compelled me to really bring an understanding and a revelation to our church that we are not going to live in what the world says we have to live. We're going to come under God, say under God, under his influence, under what the word says so that we can have the peace and the joy of God in this season. Because the enemy would love to paint this season of the world doom and gloom and it's horrible. And if you look at everything that's out there, it looks like that. But I'm going to tell you something, the devil is a liar. He's a liar. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I don't look at what the devil's trying to do. I know in my spirit in this season, it is the greatest season of the church of Jesus Christ. There is a revival and a move of God and a wave of the Holy Spirit that is coming that we can't be looking at what we see in the natural and let that be the foundation of who God says we are or where my life stands. Amen. We have to stand submitted, sit submitted under God and who God says that you are. So I gave you, a, you should have received a piece of paper on your way in this morning. And if you didn't, you can raise your hand. The ushers will make sure you did. But at the top of it, I really wanted you to see this, that I want to ask you this morning, what are you under today? What are you under? And this is just a heart check between you and the Lord. And it goes from 1 to 10. Are you under culture or are you under God? Are we living a little bit, and we probably find ourselves in the middle or leaning more towards culture, you know, in every different area of our life. You might find yourself living under culture and what the world says and what the world's doing and not really what God is doing. So in Christ, we are under God. So I want to help you identify what you are under today. Are you influenced by God? And that means are your decisions... And what, what you're deciding and directing your life, are they leading you to joy? Are they leading you to peace? Are we making decisions that are leading to what the word of God says? Or are we making decisions based on our emotions, based on fear, based on those things that are overwhelming in the world today, right? We are not under this world. And if you find yourself being fearful and worried, and overwhelmed, and not sure what is going on, we're probably leaning more towards the influence of the culture than we are leaning towards what God is saying in this season. So I truly believe in this season that we have to be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. If we ever need to have a discerning spirit of what is going on today, it is right now. We have to see what God is seeing or we will be so pulled to what's happening over here that we'll miss what God is about to do. And it's a deceiving spirit, isn't it? So let me talk about some things this morning that we might find ourselves fearful under that we need to be careful of. One is social media or mainstream media news. And what's happening. Now listen, I'm not talking about political parties today, okay. That's not what this is about. I'm talking about what is being presented on the news. Are we so bent by what we see? And we're so engraved by what's being told to us by mainstream media. And what the world wants us to feel. What the world wants us to think. That as Christ's followers, we have forgotten what the word of God says that we are. The standard that we live on God's, on, in God's word, right? That I walk in God's healing. I walk in God's safety. I walk in God's protection as a child of God. The world doesn't have the answer. 
So the only thing the world can do is get in fear. But as Christians, we stay in faith under God that no matter what mainstream media or the world or whatever it is is trying to depict me and get me in fear, I can walk in faith and know that God is on my side. Amen. So you have to ask yourself, are we living by the opinions of man or are we living by the opinions of the word of God? Which really is an opinion, isn't it? It's the solid word of God. So listen, if God took, a, listen, if God took care of generations 2,000 years ago, God took care of the children of Israel 2,000 years ago, he took care of every, every situation in scripture to the day, how much more is God going to take care of you? God has this world under control. God knows exactly what he's doing. And we have to get back into faith, don't we? We have to get back into joy. We've got to get excited about this time that we're living in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Because I'm telling you, the days ahead are great. They are not doom and despair. And there's a lot of stuff out there that would say that. But I'm going to tell you by the spirit of God, there are great things coming to the house of the Lord. Because why else would the devil try so hard to have this illusion that things are about to be over? It ain't over because the world has to be one to Jesus. There has to be a great awakening of the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. So the enemy is just trying to come before his time. It's God's time right now. It's the church's time. It's the glory of the church. So where do I fall? Am I worried about what the world is trying to say? Or am I excited about what God is saying? Ask you this. Are, do we, what about the words that we speak out of our mouth? Are we speaking negativity? Are we speaking murmuring and complaining and fear and gossip and division? Are we leaning by the culture of, a, of what the culture says we should be thinking, feeling? Or am I declaring the word of God? Am I speaking greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world over my family? Am I speaking life and power and victory? Or do I have to be careful and watch the negativity that's coming out of my mouth? Because the culture would like to depict, let's say the culture is the enemy, the culture would like to depict how we should think and how we should feel. But we don't live according to this world as believers. Amen. We live according to the word of God. We can, we can walk by faith. We can talk by faith. We can speak the promises of God. Let me say this. Number three is your self-worth. How are you seeing yourself and who you are in Christ? I tell you, the social media and everything that's going on in the world, we see people live glamorous lives. We see people go on great vacations. I told first service, we didn't know when I grew up, like, we got in the car with some snacks from Piggly Wiggly, and we got a drink from cute, you know, whatever it was, Circle K, and we went on a road trip, and that was like a vacation to us. We didn't know at the same time somebody was going to Italy or Paris. We didn't know. We were like living our best life, right? But today, everything's out there. So we see culture. We think, well, I should have this big house, and I should have this car and this perfect little family, and I should have this name bag, and all those things makes us feel good. But that's what culture would want you to feel about yourself. But what does God say about you? 
God says you can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives you the strength. God says you're blessed when you come in and you're blessed when you go out. He says favor surrounds you as with a shield. Guess what? I don't need a bag to make me feel good about myself and a world that's trying to discourage and defeat me. I need the word of God that tells me who I am and whose I am. I need his faith, his hope, his joy. The scripture says that he fills my mouth with laughter and my lips with shouts of praise. Some of us get so overwhelmed, and listen, I'm right in there with you. I love, we should learn, we should know what's going on in the world. You know, we want to be informed, but I don't live under it. I can know what's going on, but I'm living under the word of God. My emotions are controlled by God. My joy is controlled by God. My purpose when I wake up in the morning is controlled by God. I don't have to worry about what's going on in the world. God still sits on the throne. We serve the one living, true God. And he is all-powerful. He is almighty. He watches over us. He fights our battles for us. And so we as believers need to rest in who God says that we are. We have to stop comparing ourselves. We have to quit worrying about if our life looks like everybody else. No, I am worthy because I have Jesus living on the inside of me. And I may just be living in a little place all by myself, but I'm happy because I got Jesus. I don't need a mansion to be happy. I don't need a perfect life to be happy because when you get there, you'll find out you're not happy anyway. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Right? So we've got to come under. What's our influences with our finances? You know, it's our finances. Are we worried about what's going on in the economy and stocks are up, stocks are down? What is going on? I don't live under the influence of the world. I don't walk in fear because I don't work for man. I work for God. Colossians says that. That I work hardly as unto the Lord and not as unto man. So my faith isn't in that job. My faith is in God. God's got my job. God's got my boss. Nothing can happen to me unless God wants it to happen to me, right? So I don't have to worry about my finances. I can still give to the kingdom of God. I can still be faithful in my tithes and offerings. Why? Because I'm blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. We don't want to get in fear in this season. Whatever God's called us to do. The devil wants to run culture. He always has. It's nothing new. It's just a new era that we're living in. It's his same old, old tactics, just living in a new time. And the reason why they seem so big and magnified is because there are billions of people sharing it everywhere on social media. Right? Everything's at our fingertips, videos and clips and, you know, newspapers. We've got, we are overloaded with information, and we're being driven by that information of the culture instead of opening up the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Amen. It's time to get that Bible open and declare who God, I'm coming under the word of God. I don't care what the world tries to pull me to. I'm not going to be divided by my brothers and sisters of different race and culture. I'm not going to be divided by my, my political stance. I'm not going to be divided in what culture wants to divide us in. I'm coming together in the unity of the faith, which is Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to be offended, and I'm not going to try to be divisive, and I'm not going to try to fight the culture crowd. I'm going to fight the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to stay focused. Why? Because culture wants to pull us away and divide us. And we can't do that. We've got to come together even more so, the Bible says, as you see the day approaching. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever been around a really drunk person before. 
And I'm sure nobody in this room ever has gotten drunk in your life, sloppy drunk. So just think of somebody else you know out there. <laughs> but when a person that really comes under the influence of alcohol, they change who they are, right? And so all of a sudden, somebody that they didn't like, when they're under the influence, they're like, oh, I love you so much. You are like my BFF. I've loved you forever, right? <laughs> when they get sloppy drunk and somebody who was normally like ugly to them, they'd be like, you are so beautiful. You know, like your whole perspective begins to change because you're under this influence of something and a drunk person isn't always aware of this influence that they are under. That's why when you go to a bar, they're like, you got to give me your keys. Oh, I can make it home because they don't understand the influence that they are under. And I'm here to ask us, have we gotten under the influence of the culture and we're not aware of it? And I can tell you, yes. Yes, we have been. Whether good, bad, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. We have to realize in our hearts, have I given over to what the world has dished out to make me want to think and feel and how I should behave. And I'm under this influence that I don't realize I'm under. I can tell you, if there's frustration, if there's worry, if there's anger, if you feel out of control, you are under the influence of culture. How do I know that? Because I've been there. I had to constantly, during these last two years, put my heart right back under God because it can get really frustrating in this time that we're living in. So we have to get back to who God says that we are, get our faith back, and know, guess what? God fights my battles for me. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. God will take care and protect my family, which we'll get into in just a moment. So as followers of Christ, have we been slowly loaded into this place where we don't even realize how far we've drifted from God? Now, I don't mean that you don't love God or you're not faithful to God's house. I'm talking about drifting away from the influence of the word of God. Have we just been slowly put under the influence of culture that is telling us how we should think and feel when it's evil, and yet I need to get back to the culture of living under Jesus. Amen? So let's go back to uh, 1 Peter 5, and let's look at that scripture verse again. And I, I printed my Bible verse so I could have it in front of me. It says in 1 Peter 5, did we even go there yet? Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, right, that he may exalt you in due time. So when you take whatever you're feeling and you're humbling yourself to God, he will take care of it. If it's your children, if it's finances, God will exalt it in due time. Keep going. goes on to say, I know what it says, Cast, casting all your cares upon him, because he cares for you. So what do I do when I'm under culture too much? I have to humble myself and get back to God's word. Then I have to cast all my cares upon him. Everything that you're carrying in this season, you've got to give it to him. Things that you're afraid of, things you're overwhelmed of. The Bible actually means to roll off onto Jesus. It's like taking him and saying, here it is, God. I'm not going to carry it anymore. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be overwhelmed. I'm going to give you everything that I go through. Then it goes on to say, be sober, be vigilant. What does that mean? Have self-control. Oh, my watch is talking to me. Have self-control. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, mainstream media is not the problem. It's the devil. Newspaper articles is not the problem. It's the devil. Everything you see that's bringing fear, 
bringing division, that's bringing overwhelming, is not, we don't fight with flesh and blood. It's the devil, right? It's the adversary who walks around like a lion. A lion seems bold. A lion seems intimidating. It seems overwhelming. The world and culture is like a bully right now. It's in our face. It's scaring us. It's overwhelming. But that's the enemy. And you've got to realize the enemy's already been defeated. The enemy can roar as a lion, but he is not the tribe of Judah. He's not the lion of God. He's not the king of kings. And we have to discern that because I promise you this season will come and go and we will come out victorious. Because God says, I don't build my government, I build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Our battle is not against the world. We are coming together as the church so that the church can arise. And so when the next thing comes along that the adversary wants to throw in the world to try to stop the movement of God, we will already be standing under God. And this next time, he will not win. Why? Because the church won't be shaken next time. I can tell you one thing, I won't bow my knee the next time. I won't give in to the culture that tells me to shut the church down, to stop worship, to stop the word of God. I will never do that again. Why? Because I learned the first time the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. And I'm not going to shut down the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? We will rise up and be the church of Jesus Christ. And we will win this time. And we will win people to Jesus. And we will see signs, wonders, and miracles. We will not walk in fear in this season. Why? Because I don't live what the world tells me I have to live. That's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Amen? So when the world comes and tells me how I should feel and be afraid, no. And I'm going to share some scripture verses with you in a minute. So what? I'm going to get under self-control. That means every emotion is coming into alignment. I'm getting back under God. I'm casting my fears to him. I'm uh, having self-control. And then what? I'm going to resist the enemy. Steadfast in my faith. Steadfast under God. That means my daily diet of what I'm watching and listening over here is going to go out. And I'm going to begin to get my daily diet back in the word of God. And get a revelation that God is with me, amen. God is fighting my battles for me. God is healing me. God is protecting my family. So I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to resist the devil. What does that mean? That word resist means it's an assertive stance against the adversary's operations because of the devil's aggressive hostility. We're living in a time where the devil is being aggressive hostility toward the body of Jesus Christ. There's never been more division to try to divide and conquer. Now, I love our church because we are the most diverse church, and I love it. And this is what heaven looks like, amen? And we just need a lot more diversity because this is what God has called us to live. This is unique to the body of Christ. We are so blessed to have this, but the world wants to divide us so that we don't walk in love and unity with one another. That means if the enemy's coming aggressively, I'm going to take an assertive stance and I'm going to resist that temptation to give in to the culture of the world. I'm going to resist it with everything within me. I want you to look at Mark 16 this morning. This is being under Christ. Listen to this, who you are. It says this, Mark 16, 18. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. 
Does that mean I go intentionally play with, you know, snakes? And No, but it means when anything presents itself of harm or danger or disease, it cannot touch me because I am a child of God. So the word of God says, I will be able to pick up a snake. When Paul reached into the fire and that snake came up and bit him, the Bible says he just shook that snake off. And they waited for any minute for him to kill over and die. And he just began to do the works of Jesus because he shook off what culture would define as an attack. And we as believers are going to have to shake off culture in this season and not give into it. Don't let fear get a hold of your heart. Shake it off, right? I can take up any serpent. I can drink a deadly poison and nothing will by any means hurt me. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. What does that mean? Instead of this sickness and disease that is in front of us, I'm going to lay hands on the sick and you're going to recover in the name of Jesus. When the church rises up against this spiritual attack and we begin to lay hands on sick people and see the miracles of God, you watch the wheels of revival begin to spin. Because the enemy always, listen, wants to magnify the things that he's doing when he has no power. The only technique he can use is fear in our life, right? And we have to watch that. In your papers, I gave you Psalms 91. And I would love for you to take this home and pray this over your family. Pray this over yourself, over your grandparents, you know, over your spouses. Because it's the word of God that is our true protection in everything that we do in life. We cannot put our faith in the standards of man, right? Now, we can do all we know to stand. You stand, therefore, and there's things we should do to take care of ourselves. And you, I, you understand that I believe in that. Now, we can be in the world and, and practice these things, but it's not what I'm controlled by. At the end of the day, my faith is in the word of God. When all else fails, the only thing I have is the word of God. So Psalms 91, I want us to read this together this morning because I really want this faith to come out of your heart today. So let's read this together. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I will trust him for he will rescue me from every trap and protect me from deadly disease. He will cover me with his feathers. He will shelter me with his wings. His faithful promises is my armor and protection. I am not afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand may fall at my side, though ten thousands are dying around me, these evils will not touch me because the Lord is my refuge and the Most High my shelter. No evil will conquer me. No plague will come near my house. For he will order his angels to protect me wherever I go. They will hold me up with their hands so I won't even hurt my foot on a stone. I will trample upon lions and cobras. I will crush fierce lions and serpents under my feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When you call on me, I will answer. I will be with you in trouble. I will rescue and honor you. I will reward you with a long life and give you my salvation. Doesn't that just feel so good? 
That puts us in safety, doesn't it? That puts us in peace. That gives us joy. Why? Because the word of God is living and powerful and more sharper than a two-edged sword. You want to defeat the devil and diseases and infections in this world, you pull out the word of God and you begin to declare the living word of God to be like a blanket over your home. When your children are going to school, they are covered by the blood of the lamb. They have a hedge of protection around them. No disease or pestilence shall come nigh your children, your grandparents, your parents. We do not have to walk in fear today. Amen. That's who we are as believers, and we've gotten a little whittled to, uh, in fear. We've gotten a little afraid because of what we went through in the last year. But we as Christians have to stand up and get back under the word of God because the word of God is our final authority. You don't have to be afraid where you send your family and where you go and if you touch someone to pray. What a tactic of the devil to tell people to stop touching each other when the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You think God isn't with me? You think God isn't protecting me and we're called out to do what God's called us to do? See, I, I, even, I even came under culture a little bit, but I'm getting back. I'm getting back under God and what God's word says because I know what is coming in the kingdom of Jesus and we need to be ready, amen. And this will set your family free when you fully have a revelation of this. So have we realized that we've drifted just a little bit to culture in whatever it is, whether it's afraid of disease, whether it's your finances, your children, your marriage, whatever it is, let's get back to who God says that we are. Now, I want to look briefly this morning uh, to Daniel, the story of Daniel. We, we know this story, but I want to break down some points in this story. But in this part where Daniel, this part of the story was Daniel was raised uh, worshiping the one true God. He was raised in the tribe of Judah, the tribe of praise. He knew the things of God. And at this point, I want you to look at the correlations of what happened thousands of years ago and what's happening in the world today. It says that King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, which is, is symbolic of the world, destroyed Jerusalem, burnt the temple, and wrecked the city. So what did the devil want to do 1,500 years ago? Destroy worship. It's not about the world. The devil doesn't care about the world. He cares about the saints that are going to win the world. That's why he wants to shut down worship. That's why he wants to shut our mouths. That's why he wants to stop the flow of the spirits of God. This is an antichrist spirit in the world today, and we have to wake up and realize that. So we can defeat this spirit, amen? And so they, they, he came in, they came in and they, they burned all the houses of worship, and they took all the good men. They went in and kidnapped their sons. Took them as slaves. That'd be like someone coming into your home and taking your son and say, we're taking them off to our own agenda and we're going to teach them our ways. They stole these boys, right? And what did they want to do? They wanted to indoctrinate them with the Babylonian culture. And they wanted to train them to become future government leaders. See, the devil has an agenda, doesn't he? He wants to taint the Christians. He wants to taint the next generation and indoctrinate them with the culture. This is how you should think and feel. This is how you should believe, how you should believe instead of standing up for who we are in Christ. It's a very subtle, destructive spirit. So let's look at Daniel 1, verse 3. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. 
They didn't look for anybody. Who they looked for from the tribe of Israel, God's kid. God's kid. He said, go get them. I need them of the royal tribe. Well, what are we? We're the royal tribe. We're the prophets and priests. We're God's kids, amen. What does the devil want to do? He wants to take you and bring you into the world system to begin to think and feel the way that the system says you should be and take you away from your faith, from your truth, and away from the word of God. That's happening today. Verse 4, young men without any physical defects, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. They were going for the best of the best. And what was their assignment? He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. Right? The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. Now, what you have to understand is that food wasn't just normal food. The food that they wanted to serve these boys were dedicated, the food dedicated to the pagan gods. They wanted to defile these young men's temples with the defilement of the pagan gods to weaken them so they could believe the system of the Babylonians and take away their biblical truths. Right? So what happened? In this short story, what, what did King Nebuchadnezzar want? He wanted to change their language, take away their faith, give them a new way of speaking. What is the enemy trying to do? Take away our faith language. We're talking a language of the world. We're talking a language of fear. And listen, I know it's right in front of us. This is not judgment. This is to set you free. That we don't have to talk another language. I can still talk the word of God. It is as true and faithful and powerful as it is today to the day that it was written. Don't let the enemy silence your voice of the word of God because you're afraid of what systems look like. Tried to change their language, talk different. He he, uh, changed their education. They, They wanted them to think Babylonian thoughts. Right? The culture of, of the world seeping into the culture of the church, changing the way we think, changing the way we feel about ourselves, changing our faith that, yeah, I better believe this. Even though God's word says this, this has, the world has to be right and true because they're saying it. And in fact, God's word is true and it does not lie. And the word accomplishes that to which it was sent We as the church has to get back to the word of God as our final authority. And when you get that revelation, all of a sudden your faith gets activated and you don't walk in fear. You can walk in this world and have no fear. You can have joy and laughter and know that God's going to take care of every step you're about to take because God is on your side. Right? Uh, they, what, what did he do next? They changed their names. They went from a God name to a pagan God's name. Devil wants to change our name as believers, doesn't he? He wants to make us feel hopeless and useless. Makes us feel like we're not good enough and we're not strong enough and we can't overcome. The world has, the culture has silently come in to make the church feel worthless. And then what did he, the last thing is to change their diet. Give them foods that were dedicated to, to pagan gods. What are we eating and devouring of the culture that has weakened our faith? 
Now, I love to be informed with what's going on in the world. I love the news. I love to know. We should know what's going on. But it doesn't control me. I'm still under God. I'm still eating of the word of God. I'm still eating the truth. So, yes, you can know what's going on. But if it starts to get out of control, when you start to get bent by it, it begins to change who you are, you got to get out of that world and get back into the word of God. And remind yourself who you are. We are a child of the king first. I was made in the image of God from the very beginning. His image, his spirit lives on the inside of me. I just walk in this earth suit on earth. But I walk by the spirit and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. So what happened? Look at, look at the, the, the subtle damage here. They thought if they could influence the way they think... If I could change the way these young boys think, I can, ch- I can change what they believe. And if I can change what they believe about themselves, I will change how they behave. You see that deception happening today. We have to be careful that I don't have to believe what the world is saying to me. I'm not going to behave according to the world and walk in fear. Now, you can do things. I'm not saying that. You walk your walk with Jesus. But I'm just saying while you're walking, don't walk in fear that that's your true protection. Because our true protection is in Christ Jesus. Amen. My true and only protection is in the word of God. And I only shared two scriptures with you today. The word of God is full of promises. So we have to understand that we are under a spiritual attack. A spiritual attack, not a natural attack. We're under a spiritual attack, aren't we? And that spirit has lulled the church into spiritual complacency. We've been lulled to sleep. We got in this comfort zone. We got told how to behave and be shut away and not really think for ourselves. And We didn't have the gathering of the church. We didn't have the freedom to worship together, the freedom to serve God, the freedom to lay hands on the sick. All that was stripped away from us. And because of that, we're just not sure how we should behave and and what we should do. And we need to step up as the church and realize that I'm going to live according to the word of God. Amen. I'm going to wake up and realize that there's something greater. We can't live halfway with Jesus. Amen. We can't live passively for Jesus. We have to make a conscious decision to step up in this time. And how did Daniel do it? How did he stay faithful to God in, in an environment that was all against him? And even his little buddies that were with him, Daniel had to be the one to stand up. How did he do that? In Daniel 1.8, it says this, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not be defiled by the king's delicacies. He purposed in his heart. What does that mean? He planned in an advance. And what I love about Daniel is that you don't hear nothing about Daniel when they try to change his name. He's like, you can change my name, but I know who I am. But don't touch my God. You touch my God and I'm coming out fighting. Right? If if I'm in a chat somewhere and they want to talk about this and that, I I don't care. But talk about my God and my Bible. I come out like a roaring lion. I am ugly and I am unapologetic. Why? Because you don't touch God and you don't touch the word of God. Because that is sacred and holy and powerful and it is our only force here on earth. We need to have that, just that righteous anger. How dare you demean the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in me. And you're going to tell me I'm less than? Uh Uh-uh. I am greater than. Amen. 
I'm all powerful. We have to rise up and make some standards going forward today. What are you going to purpose in your heart? I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm not going to walk in worry. I'm going to stay faithful to the house of God. I'm going to stay faithful to my tithes and offerings. And I'm going to give a little extra just to spite the devil, right? I'm going to serve in a capacity. I'm going to be faithful where God tells me to be faithful. I'm not going to give back, back up to what culture tells me I need to do. Amen? We're going we're gonna to move forward into who God says that we are. God says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God ain't interested in building nothing else here on earth. He wants to build his church. And that's why the devil hates the church. That's why the devil hates you because you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need to stand up in this season, amen, and say, God, here I am. Use me. I'm going to declare your word in a powerful way like I've never declared before. I'm going to decide, in God I trust. And I believe that for every area of my life, amen. Culture says promote yourself. Jesus says deny yourself. Culture says consume, do more, get all, get, get all you can, can all you get. God says give because you're blessed to be a blessing. Culture says hate those who hurt you. Hate those who are different than you. Despise that. Argue with them. Fight with them. And Jesus says, love your enemy. Love unconditionally. Culture says, pursue things. Pursue success. Pursue all those things. And God says, pursue me. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. Culture says, live for now. Live in the moment. And God says, live for eternity. <laughs> I'm living for Jesus while I'm here on earth. And guess what? I get to enjoy all of that, but I'm just choosing God first. Amen. I'm going to pursue not happiness. I'm pursuing holiness. I'm not going after fear. I'm walking in faith. Amen. No matter, no matter what happens in the world, God still holds the world. Amen. He's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole wide world. In his hands, he's got the whole wide world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got me and you, sister. I'm just kidding. It does go on, but I won't. <laughs> but listen, as the world grows darker, let our light shine brighter. Amen. Time for Jesus to shine. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you today for this amazing church. I thank you for this moment that we are living in. We are not afraid. We will not give our attention to culture, God, but we are going to stand under your word. We're going to be strong. We're going to be faithful. We're going to be courageous like Daniel to stand up against King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian spirit of this world, and we are going to say, I'm not backing down. I'm not going to retreat. I'm not going to be in fear. I'm going to be who God's called me to be, and I really release that over every person here today, every person watching in the name of Jesus. We are bold and courageous and strong. We've got the power of the living Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, dwelling here on earth, Father God. And I thank you that you let this church arise, God. You let your glory reign and shine from this house, Lord God. We decree from the north, south, east, and west 
of this church. You will bring the lost and the hurting and the broken. You will bring in those that have been hurt, Father God, those that have been betrayed by the churches, those that have been abandoned. God, bring them back home in the name of Jesus. Let this church be filled with the fruit that you've called it to bear in Jesus' name. We decree it. We declare it. We call a mighty rushing wave of the Holy Spirit to come across this church in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, that it's your spirit and your power that will arise in this hour, Lord God. Give us a voice. Give us authority, Father God. Give us boldness. Give us courage, Lord God. Hallelujah. We will not back down. We will not get in fear. We will not be intimidated, Lord God, but we will rise up with victory, God, with the sounds of shout, God, the shout of a roar, the roar of heaven, Lord God, and we thank you and praise you, Jesus. What the devil meant for evil, you are turning it around for good and for your glory, God, and we decree that over this house in the name of Jesus. Devil, you have no right. You have no authority. Your fear, your division is going to go in Jesus' name, God. Hallelujah. North Phoenix has been set apart, God. Set apart to be one for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, God, that you raise up the laborers for the field. It's our time to rise up. I hear the Lord say, it's your time. I've equipped you for this season. I've anointed you for this season. And some of you have said, I can't. I don't think I can. And the Lord says, I am with you. I am stronger than how you feel. You were born for such a time as this. And I've given you wisdom to navigate. I've given you the anointing to walk through, says the Lord. Don't listen to what the world has to say. God says, I'll be in your mouth. Even as Moses was afraid, Moses was afraid. He said, God, I can't. God says, my words are in your mouth. The Lord says, you may be afraid, but my words are in your mouth. Open them and speak them, says the Lord. Open them and speak them, and I will fill them with all good things, says the Lord. I just see that there's been, a, some of you have been so bound and it's kind of kept some of God's miracles away. And the Lord says, I'm breaking that bondage off of you right now. That captivity of that spirit, God says, I'm shattering it today. It's been holding you stationary. You felt stuck and you felt just like your feet are in, in cement. And the Lord says, I'm pulling you out of that today. I'm breaking those shackles off of you. I'm breaking the bondage off your mind in the name of Jesus. The torment of your soul, God says, loosing you today. And you're going to have a freedom to hear me, a freedom to move, says the Lord. You're not going to be bound by this spirit any longer. The Lord says, it's been a spirit that's been holding you captive. And I've exposed him today, says the Lord. Put him under your feet. Where he belongs. The Lord says, it's time to rise up. It's time to be the church of Jesus Christ. It's time to let your light shine. I've anointed you for this moment, says the Lord. And we thank you. We give you praise, God, that you are in this moment. Hallelujah. Just let his presence touch you right where you're at right now. Hallelujah. There's something you need to surrender to the Lord right now. Just give it to God. If it's, if it's your husband or children, the economy or race division, whatever it is that has just been kept you so bound, the Lord says, just give it to me right now. Just let it go and trust me. 
He says, I'll work everything out of you. Just, uh, my first, God says, my first priority is to set you free. Free to worship again. Free to see me. Free to hear me. Hallelujah, God, for freedom in this house, God. Freedom in this house, God. Oh, we give you praise, Jesus. We give you glory and honor. Have you stand to your feet for just a minute? Hallelujah. Just lift your hands in this place. We have a couple minutes. Hallelujah. God just wants to touch you. You can, if you're not well, you can stay seated. But if you can stand, just stand and just raise your hands to heaven. Hallelujah, God. There's a freedom that's just coming over this place right now. The assignment of the enemy over you is being broken right now in Jesus' name. Every weapon and lie and deception and discouragement and evil spirits and iniquities and sickness and disease, we loose you right now from these homes and these lives and these families in the name of Jesus. We decree God health in their bones, health in their bodies, health in their minds, Father God. We release the healing balm of Gilead in the name of Jesus. We decree healing in their bodies, healing over arthritis and joints. God, we speak padding in the spines right now. If you need healing in your spine and you need that cushion, we decree supernatural miracle right now, a cushion release in those spines in the name of Jesus. Creative miracles begin to happen right now in the atmosphere of the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. God's freeing you right now. What you've been going through is a spiritual attack. It's been a bondage of the enemy, and God is freeing you right now. Right now, hallelujah. Receive his joy again. Receive his hope again. Receive his peace again. Heaven is opening up. Darkness is pushing back. Evil is pushing back. Oppression is pushing back. The forces of hell are fleeing in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that the glory of God is pushing through. The reign of heaven is pushing through. The anointing of the presence of God is pushing through. In this moment, says the Lord, hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Heaven open up. Oh, Rakatai. Tears and dear for the night, but joy, 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 joy is coming in your morning, says the Lord. It is time for joy. It is time for laughter. It is time for hope. It's time to dream again, says the Lord. Oh, Rakatasarato Shoratasi. The shackles are coming off of you. The things that have held you bound and captive. The deceptive voice and, and picture of the enemies being broken off of you today. Hallelujah. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit Let's just sing this together.
refreshing rain is a renewing the dry and weary land is over your desert experience is over says the Lord I'm drawing you to a well watered garden says the Lord I'm drawing you to refreshing wells right now in this season says the Lord refresh us God refresh us God Maybe seen it for just a minute. I love you so much. I can't wait for next week. Listen, this Wednesday, first Wednesdays, I'd love to see you come out for worship and prayer. We don't go live on Wednesdays because it's real intimate. So if you can make it, come on out and we have childcare for you too. Amen. All right, let's welcome Pastor Paul, everybody.